Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Hey, friends. I hope everybody's doing well today. Boy, there's been a lot of uh, interest and news surrounding the new Alzheimer's drug that they are calling Aduhelm. It's Aducanuba. <laughs> they always make these names so crazy. I can't even pronounce them. It's ridiculous. But the generic word for it is Aduhelm. And it's touting the fact that it's going to be the first new Alzheimer's treatment in 18 years and uh, the first to uh, attack the disease process, okay? But some experts are saying there's just not enough evidence it can address cognitive symptoms. That's what I'm worried about. I don't know what to say in the best way I can, I want to be helpful. I don't want to be antagonistic. I know you, my listeners, all across the country and around the world, look to me to try to help you figure all this out and uh, know what's going on in research. I have followed this drug for about 12 years now. I'm just going to say that I am hopeful that we can get a cure at some point in time. I do not believe that this is it. But the Food and Drug Administration on Monday approved the first new medication for Alzheimer's in nearly two decades. It's been since 1990 that the last one came out. We currently are using the drugs uh, Namenda, Aricept, and the patch of Aricept, which we call Exelon. I have said on the show, I have had doctors who have come on my show and talked about those three drugs and that they do not slow the progression in any way, shape, or form of Alzheimer's. They just open the blood flow to the brain a little bit better. They only have about a six months to outside one-year efficacy for people who are in the mild cognitive impairment stage, meaning they are just now seeing symptoms and are not so far along that even other people know that they are having problems. That's one of the problems with trying to find a cure. They have to get people to uh, participate and find people to participate. I could have said that better. Uh, in research trials so that we can get to the finish line. But here's the thing. People have thought for a long time that those three drugs I just mentioned, Namenda, Aricept, and Exelon, work for years and years and years. Doctors oftentimes don't tell you that when the person's been in the the disease process for four, five, six years, those drugs are no longer working. They're no longer opening the blood flow to produce better um, options for communication and keep the synapses flowing. People spend thousands and thousands of dollars. And 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 honestly, it's only like two to four thousand dollars a month that you will pay, depending on your insurance. I shouldn't say only. That's a lot. And if you were to pocket that money, that would be twenty four thousand at two thousand a month, and it would be forty eight thousand at uh, if it were four thousand a month. That pays for a care community down the line. So I've always cautioned all of you listeners to please think about whether or not you want to utilize drugs that have zero efficacy. Usually, by the time you start having your person take them. And that's disappointing on a lot of levels. But more, more concerning to me is this, this FDA 
passage. This this FDA saying, yes, we approve this drug, Aduhelm, by all accounts is a very contentious decision made despite opposition from the FDA's Independent Advisory Committee and some Alzheimer's experts who have said there is not enough evidence that the drug can help patients. Now, again, the drug, I cannot pronounce this stupid thing. I'll try it again. Aducanumab, which will go by a brand name, Aduhelm. It's a monthly intravenous infusion. You have to have a shot, okay? It's an intravenous shot, monthly. And it's intended to slow the cognitive decline in people with mild memory and thinking problems. And it's the first approved treatment that they say will attack the disease process of Alzheimer's instead of just addressing the dementia symptoms. Well, I'm not wholeheartedly certain that the other drugs were doing anything for symptoms. <laughs> Can we just get real here? Come on. The other drugs just opened the blood flow of the brain. They didn't, they didn't have an effect at all on the symptoms. If you want to talk about Seroquel, if you want to talk about Haldol, um, to me, those are drugs that I wish they wouldn't use most oftentimes. I think they have to use Seroquel a portion of the time for our friends with Louie body because they live with demons in their mind that, that just um, make things difficult for themselves and they can have no quality of life. But in general, um, they are drugs that just put people to sleep and quite frankly, uh, given at higher doses, are chemical restraints in my mind. And Haldol shouldn't be given to any person with Alzheimer's ever on any planet in any universe. And yet hospitals put it, give it out like candy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little confused because here's the thing. Biogen, who is the manufacturer of this drug, announced on Monday afternoon that the price, the list price, you better sit down when I say this, is $56,000 a year. And in addition to that, there will most likely be tens of thousands of dollars for the cost in diagnostic testing and brain imaging. Tens of thousands of dollars. (laughs) All right, so now let's get to $100,000 a year. Sure, I can afford that. How about you? Right? And I want to go in and get a shot every month. Even if it, even if it worked, okay? Even if it worked, $100,000 a year, who can afford that? Who can afford six? Who can afford 56000 66000 76000 You get a PET scan. If your insurance covers it, you still pay about ten grand. Okay? If your insurance covers it. And for the most part, you can't get a PET scan unless you're in a research study. They just don't want to do that because it's so expensive for hospitals to run that freaking machine. So the cost is a huge concern, huge concern. And recognizing that the clinical trials of the drug have provided incomplete evidence to demonstrate effectiveness. Let me say that again. (laughs) Recognizing the fact that in clinical studies, they have said this drug doesn't work. This drug doesn't work. The FDA granted in their infinite wisdom approval for the drug to be used, but required Biogen to conduct a new clinical trial. Oh, oh, that makes me feel better. Get let, Give me a super freaking expensive, painful drug, um, painful in the arm if you don't like shots. Uh, anybody knows you get a shot, it can hurt your arm for a while. It may not be painful. Maybe I should take that back. 
But you're getting the general idea here. It costs too much. They know it's not effective. They think it's not effective. And and they're saying, all right, well, we'll just approve it on a wing and a prayer. Cost people everything they have, their life savings, to to work with this drug, right? But we're going to give the Biogen pharmaceutical company another chance to put this uh, drug in a clinical phase and see if it does better. Oh, that makes me want to use it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to raise my hand and say, count me in, right? So if the new trial which will be called a phase four trial, fails to show the drug is effective, the FDA can, but is not required to, rescind its approval. Yeah, you heard that right. So if they do the phase four and the phase four doesn't show any more promising results, the FDA can, if they want to, rescind its approval, but they don't have to. So now we'll have four drugs that people mistakenly think do something to affect the disease, and none of them actually do. And this one, instead of costing you two to $4,000 a month for uh, the prescription, will cost you $56,000 a year. Divided by 12, let me see, 44. So, yeah, you're looking at about 4,500, 4,200, somewhere in there a month to to get shots and pay for this. But remember, you still have to go back and um, do the, the imaging issues, the uh, PET scan, all those other kind of things. Here's what gets me. There's about 6 million people in the United States and roughly 30 million globally. Globally. Have Alzheimer's. And that's a number that is expected to double by 2050. That's nuts. Okay? So by 2050, we're going to have 12 million people in the United States and 60 million globally with Alzheimer's. Five medications have been approved in the United States. Um, They say can delay cognitive issues, decline, for several months in various Alzheimer's stages. That's not wholeheartedly true. All it does, again, and I only know of three. I don't know of five, so I'm not sure what they're talking about. Uh, I will definitely look that up for you people. I guess two have magically appeared. Maybe they're the two that I said they shouldn't use, Seroquel and Haldol. Um, But they don't wholeheartedly slow any progression or anything like that. Um, They just help you think a little bit clearer. If you want to do that, take boost some vitamin B12. It's a hell of a lot cheaper. <laughs> anyway, patient advocacy groups, uh, the Alzheimer's Association, caregivers, lobbyists have vigorously lobbied for approval because there are so few treatments available for this debilitating condition, right? There are some other drugs in clinical trials that are more promising, um, but are but they are most likely three or four years away from potential approval. Um, all right. So what does that say to me? Our ass is on fire. We need a cure. Everybody's running out of patience. But do we need to put a drug in play that probably doesn't work. I have spoken to you at length about the leukine trial here in Denver, and Dr. Huntington Potter has this drug, this, this um, I always call it a concoction, it's not a concoction, this mixture of a drug 
that is showing that it slows the progression of the disease of Alzheimer's. He's in the second phase, and right now he's having to prove that he can sustain the slowing of the progression of the disease and the slowing of the beta amyloid in the brain for six months on 400 people and then take it further from six months to a year. And I'm hoping and praying that he can do that. He thinks he can. They're in the midst of it. We're so close to a cure. I will put my money on those kinds of trials that have actually shown during their clinical trial research process that they are working. But these doctors, these researchers have the patience and the wherewithal to give it all they have and wait until they have the cure. They don't want to put something out so that, that people can make money off of it and give people false hope. We've waited 117 years. Can you wait a couple more? Can you wait a couple more? Because I'm telling you people, it's too expensive. And I haven't even gotten to the more difficult part. So here's the other thing. Um, Well, I'll try to show their side for a second. The FDA Advisory Committee, along with the independent think tank and several prominent experts, including some Alzheimer's doctors who worked on um, this drug in the clinical trial, said evidence raised significant doubts about whether the drug is effective. They also said that if it could slow cognitive decline in some patients, the benefits suggested by the evidence would be so slight that it would not outweigh the risk of swelling or bleeding in the brain that the drug caused participants in the clinical trials. (laughs) Do I need to say that again? Even if they can slow the progression, people in the clinical trials had swelling and bleeding in the brain that outweighed anything that the drug showed as effectiveness. The data included in the applicant's submission were highly complex and left residual uncertainties regarding clinical benefit. And that came straight from the FDA director of the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, Dr. Patricia Cavazzoni. And she wrote that on the agency's website, But she said the agency had decided to approve the drug through a program called Accelerated Approval, which is designed to provide earlier access to potentially valuable therapies for patients with serious diseases where there is an unmet need and where there's an expectation of clinical benefit despite some residual uncertainty regarding that benefit. Residual uncertainty? Dr. Cavazzoni, (laughs) come on! Bleeding on the brain, swelling of the brain with a drug that has not shown it's effective? I call that collateral damage. That's what I call it. I call it collateral damage. And then the the guy that, that runs the Biogen office, the chief executive, Michael Vuntanos, he says... He hailed the approval and said in a statement, we are committed to sharing the future insights about Adjuhelm with the scientific community as we collect more data from the real-world use of this treatment. Well, guess what? Guess what? You know why he's happy? You know why he's all excited about it? Because Biogen stock price surged 38% on Monday, adding $16 billion to the company's market value. And other companies working on Alzheimer's drugs saw their stocks rise, too. Well, that's good. That's good. Maybe that will help Dr. Potter get to the finish line. But because Alzheimer's primarily affects older people, we know it can affect younger people as well. Most costs are expected to fall to Medicare's Part B program. Uh, Part B pays for a lot of things for people over the age of 65, right? Right. 
but Medicare hasn't said yet how it would cover the drug and its associated costs. Well, here's what I think they're going to do. I think Medicare is going to say, this drug is not effective and we're not going to cover it. And people are going to be on their own. That's what I think is going to happen. I could be wrong. Although the clinical trials were conducted on specific populations of patients, those that had the uh, cognitive impairment that was mild or early-stage Alzheimer's, whose brains contained higher than normal levels of amyloid, beta amyloid, the FDA's label for the drug, does not contain any such restrictions. The label simply says the drug is for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease. Now, a lot of what I've been talking about came from a New York Times article, article, so I want to give them credit because I couldn't possibly remember to tell you all this just in my own brain as I'm talking about this. But this is kind of what we're doing here, folks. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I think about this. I, to me, I, we need more. Now, I will tell you that the FDA, in their infinite wisdom, in 2012, revoked its approval of the drug Avastin as a breast cancer treatment after additional studies did not show enough benefit, but some other cancer drugs have retained approval, even though the additional trials failed to confirm the drugs were beneficial. The agency has also been criticized in the past for failing to make sure the follow-up studies are done. This almost makes me want to cry. I mean, come on, FDA. We're supposed to trust you. We're supposed to put our 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 hopes and our dreams and all of our eggs in a basket because you're supposed to be the governing body that tells us what is good and what is not good and what works and what doesn't work. And what I'm what I just read to all of you as listeners is they passed cancer drugs that they knew were not effective and left them in play. People are taking drugs they know are not effective. Well, wait a minute. Back up. Maybe they don't know they're not effective. A lot of times we go to the doctor and if they prescribe something to us, we'll take it, right? We'll take it. Maybe we don't know. Maybe we don't know. And where does the problem come in with even finding an Alzheimer's cure? Well, the the trials are already challenging to conduct because it's often difficult to recruit enough participants. Dr. Potter has had a terrible time trying to get people who are just in the early, early stages and just showing signs because the condition can progress very fast. You all know that, right? And the trials need to be big. They have to have like 400 or more people and continue for months and months and months in order to be able to see if a drug is actually slowing the cognitive decline. And so here's the thing. A lot of experts have expressed an enormous amount of skepticism, not just me, that Biogen would be able to recruit many participants in the United States for a post-market trial because the Patients who can get a drug from their doctors are often reluctant to take a chance receiving a placebo. They don't like the blind trial where you, you know, half the people get uh, a placebo that does nothing and half get the get the uh, actual drug. And once the product is approved, well, the cat's already out of the bag, right? The horse is out of the barn. That's what Dr. G. Callop Alexander said, a member of the FDA Advisory Committee. And he's an internist and epidemiologist and an expert on drug safety and effectiveness at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. And he says there's no way to recover the opportunity to understand whether or not the product really works in a post-approval setting. So (laughs) even if they do a post-approval, we're not wholly sure that it's even going to work then. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Companies can can conduct post-market trials with participants from other places like Canada, UK, and all that kind of stuff. But they face the same challenges recruiting people. You know, if, if the country has approved the drug before trials are completed, the drug hasn't yet been approved outside of the United States. But Biogen has filed for regulatory review in the European Union 
Japan, Brazil, and elsewhere. They're ready to go worldwide with a drug because they made 38% extra. They made $16 million the day they said they had this drug. Do I need to say more? I mean, like, really? Oh, my God. So here's the thing. Adjuhome is the antibody. It's a monoclonal antibody that targets a protein, beta amyloid, that dumps and clumps into plaques in the brain of Alzheimer's patients and is considered a biomarker in the disease. I've said that a million times. One thing both critics and supporters of approval agree on is that the drug substantially reduces levels of amyloid. The FDA said that the drug's effect on the biomarker qualified it for the accelerated program. But they didn't say they could sustain it, and they didn't say it reduced anything, right? Still, reducing amyloid is not the same thing as slowing symptoms of dementia. And over more than two decades of clinical trials, many amyloid-reducing drugs failed to address symptoms, a history that some experts say made it especially important that... um, Adjuhem's data be convincing. And although Adjuhem data are complicated with respect to clinical benefits, the FDA determined that there is substantial evidence that Adjuhem reduces amyloid beta plaques in the brain and that the reduction in these plaques is reasonably likely to predict important benefits to patients. Well, I'm sorry, but I have a little problem with that. I just don't know what we're going to do with this. I, of course, am not done. I have a lot more that I want to say about this. But I think we'll take a short break and I'll be right back. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988 to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so I've been been trying to explain. I'm so flustered because I'm... I'm in shock. Uh, people, really, I don't want to be a naysayer. I don't. I want a cure to Alzheimer's as much, if not more, than many of you. You know my history. If you've listened to the show, I have eight people in my family that have had some type of dementia, probably Alzheimer's um, and, and related syndromes and so on and so forth. But I struggle with the fact that the FDA is approving something and saying, well, we know that it can attack the beta amyloid in the brain, um, but it has no proof that it is slowing the decline of the cognitive level of the person it affects. Um, there have been other drugs that have addressed the amyloid a little bit, uh, Aricept, Namenda, and Exelon, 
But all they really do is try to open the blood flow to the brain and help a person think a little bit more clearly. But it didn't slow anything. Just ask the people who have further progressed, (laughs) who took the drugs. I mean, come on. And the FDA went ahead and approved this knowing full well that the fourth trial to try to to try to further get more data to show that it actually works they know they're going to have trouble getting thousands of people to participate people don't want to take placebo they don't want to um you know, go through all the clinical testing and everything that it costs because a lot of times insurance won't cover it. We know this is going to be somewhere around eighty, ninety, a hundred thousand dollars, including the PET testing, the the uh, Pittsburgh B complex that they compound that they put into your brain. All that stuff is expensive. They have to make it on site. They have to run it across a campus to get it to the clinical uh, area. And then they only it only has one hour of efficacy or it's lost. It's very expensive to make. The hours and hours for the researchers. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is nuts, right? I mean, it's nuts. So, so Biogen... They're a pharmaceutical company. I'm going to give them the credit for trying. I'm going to give them the credit for taking someone's study and trying to make it into a drug, right? But I have to seriously take it with a grain of salt and a wait-and-see theory because this, this is what the officials have said. They said that the drug provided long-awaited support for a theory that attacking amyloid can help if done early enough. Supporters of approval also said that it's possible that clearing amyloid early on could help rein in the disease down the road. Down the road. Not now. Not now. Okay. Providing additional benefit beyond slightly delayed early decline. But Alzheimer's experts note that supposition is completely untested. The crux of the controversy here, people, is over the drug involved in two phase three trials with results that contradicts each other. When they contradict each other, we need to look at it, we need to listen to it, and we need to take it in. All right, soak it in. One suggested that the drug slightly slowed cognitive decline, slightly slowed cognitive decline, while the other trials showed no benefit. The trials were stopped early by a data monitoring company that found that the drug didn't appear, did not appear to be showing any benefit. I'm going to read that one more time. This is the New York Times. The trials were stopped early by a data monitoring committee. That's usually the, um, the place in Florida that has control over research labs. You have to submit your data to them and they look and make sure that you have all the safety measures in place and that your drug is showing some benefit. And they were stopped the trials because they found that the drug didn't appear to show any benefit. And consequently, over a third of the 3,285 participants in those trials They were never able to complete them. Biogen later said that it had uh, analyzed additional data and concluded that in one of the trials, a high dose could delay cognitive decline by 22% for about four months over 18 months. So they're saying (laughs) that would only work for four months over a year and a half. Well, that makes me happy. In the trial's primary measurement, the high dose appeared to slow decline by 0.39 on an 18-point scale. (laughs) 0.39. That's not even 1%. That's not even a half of a percent. That's not even a half of a percent on an 18-point scale rating, memory, problem-solving skills, and function. 
a lower dose in that trial and high and low doses in the others showed no statistically significant benefit over the placebo. There is so little evidence for effectiveness, said Dr. Lon Schneider, director of the California Alzheimer's Disease Center at the University of Southern California, who helped conduct one of the uh, Adjuhelm trials. He added, I don't know what caught the ADA's fancy here. Yeah, I don't either, Doc. I'm with you. (laughs) Dr. Schneider, thank you for speaking the truth, buddy. At the time... Of the advisory committee meeting in November 2020, there was not unanimity with the FDA itself. An FDA clinical analyst said there was a sufficient case for approval, but an FDA statistician wrote that another trial was needed because there was no compelling substantial evidence of treatment, effect, or disease slowing. Another doctor, Dr. Stephen Salloway, who has received research and consulting fees from Biogen but wasn't paid for being in this trial site. He was not paid for being the trial site principal investigator, said that while he understood the concerns about the data, the totality of the evidence favors approval. Really? Okay. And FDA approval will open the door to new treatment era for Alzheimer's that we can build on. Well, Doc, you're a big wig, Dr. Salloway, and you're making lots of money and you live in L.A. So I'm guessing from your Beverly Hills house, it's easy for you to say that we can just build on this while everyday people like the ones I work with spend every dime they have on something that isn't showing effectiveness. Some scientists worry that Adjuhelm's approval could lower standards for future drugs, allowing them onto the market before experts in the field are convinced the benefits outweigh any safety risk. Again, the risk with Adjuhelm involves brain swelling or bleeding experienced by about, are you ready for this, 40% of the phase three participant trials. Trial participants said that backwards. <laughs> I'm so I'm so rattled by this. I can't stand it. I'm going to say that one more time. I think this is important. The risk with Adjuhelm involved brain swelling or bleeding experienced by about 40% of phase three trial participants receiving the high dose. Most were either asymptomatic or had headaches, dizziness, or nausea, but such effects prompted... of high-dose recipients to discontinue. That's a a big amount. That's hundreds. If there was 3,285, 6% said the effects, the, the risk on this and the swelling, the bleeding, the headaches, the dizziness, the nausea was so bad they had to quit, right? Um. No phase three participants died from the effects. Well, that's good. But one safety trial participant did. So they had one person die. Similar side effects. Well, let's talk about those. Um, Have occurred in the trials of previous amyloid-lowering drugs, but doctors considered them manageable. If a person, patient, is evaluated regularly with brain scans. Still, even supporters of approval said that conducting such safety monitoring was more difficult when not done in the carefully controlled regimen of a study. You can't just let people flounder out there on their own. So it's challenging. It's going to be really challenging when it's applied more broadly outside of a clinical trial. And that was that Dr. Salloway. He says he's the director of Neurology and the Memory and Aging Program at Butler Hospital in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, I'm sorry, Doc. I thought he was from L.A. Okay, that's all right. He's still living high. Uh, Biogen is expecting to launch the drug quickly with more than 600 sites across the United States and and the country. Expected to administer it. Clinics for patients with cognitive problems have been scrambling to prepare. 
So, I don't know what to say about this. One of the doctors at the University of Kansas said, health system said, the phone's been ringing off the hook. He estimated 25 to 40% of the clinics, roughly 3,000 patients may be eligible, but it doesn't have enough neurologists to handle it. Several doctors who believe the case for approving the drug is too weak and they would they said they would now feel ethically compelled to make it available. The, I have to read that again. Several Alzheimer's doctors who believe the case for approving the drug is too weak still said they would now feel ethically compelled to make it available. I wonder why that is. Hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. They believe that the patients, even when told of the problematic evidence, would try the drug because they would assume there was a compelling reason that the FDA approved it. Therein lies the problem, my friends. Therein lies the problem. Patients, families, all of you, my caregiver nation, my friends with diagnosis, said that they would trust that the FDA basically had their best interest in mind and that if they approved it, it must work. Wow. One doctor said, David Knopman, a clinical neurologist at Mayo Clinic and a site principal investigator uh, for one trial who co-wrote an article saying the evidence was insufficient to show benefits, said, I had this conversation with a real patient who was very interested in it. I presented the data to the patient and her husband, and they didn't hear a word I said about my concerns. All they heard was that there might be a benefit. I keep repeating myself, but I have to say this again. This doctor, Dr. David Knopman from Mayo Clinic, a site principal investigator for one of the trials for this drug, Adjuhelm, said the evidence was insufficient to show benefit. I presented, quote, he said, quote, I presented the data to the patient and her husband, and they didn't hear a word I said about my concerns. All they heard was that there might be a benefit. Boy. You know, I've had some disagreements with a couple of really close friends and former colleagues. Harry Johns, the CEO, executive director of the Alzheimer's Association, has put his excitement and weight behind this decision. I want to hope that they are right, that they can prove this to be effective. Um, I don't have a lot of hopefulness that the Medicaid Part B will cover it. If I were in the insurance business, I would not probably be excited to cover it. Um, it's super expensive. It is not showing efficacy. Um, in... <sighs> Many of you may disagree with me out there, uh, but I have just read to you everything that I could read to you out of the New York Times, which I thought did an excellent job of telling the whole story. I am investing time into reading the journal on the actual trial itself. Uh, I don't think that's going to change my mind. Um, but this is what I'm going to say to all of you. If you think that the benefit of trying something new will benefit you, 
I want you to contact your neurologist or a neurologist who works with degenerative brain diseases that is connected to an academic hospital where research is going on and not your general practitioner because they don't have any clue about all this. Okay. They don't have any clue. Um, but call your neurologist, make an appointment with your neurologist and weigh the benefits versus the risk. Um, I think that the risks of the brain bleeding and the swelling and the headaches and the nausea and, and things that happen to hundreds of people out of the close to 3,300 people that participated was significant. Um, if people were worried about the COVID virus having effects that could be devastating, we know less about this. We know less about this. Um, do it at your own risk. I certainly won't criticize you if you do. Uh, if you want to participate in this, then by all means do it. Um, we have to have participants in clinical trials. If we don't, we will never find a cure. I am sorry, but I don't believe this is the holy grail. I don't think this is it. I think the cost is exorbitant. I think the risk is huge. I think the effectiveness is nearly zero. And that's pretty much all I have, I think. Um, that's just my personal opinion. But I'm not sure that I would be off to the races to participate in this. Um, my sister asked me about it. I don't think I... I'm not going to recommend to her to jump to any of these clinics to try to get this drug. I'm not sure how many clinics will actually do it. And I am profoundly disappointed that the FDA is playing with our trust. I think the FDA is... possibly being a little reckless here. And I think that through some of the things I've told you earlier about what other doctors and so forth are saying, that it's going to be really, really difficult to gather data if they have this out across the world, um, which they have, as soon as the FDA said yes, they released it all over the world, all over the world. And I'm going to spend the next four years having people call me and tell me that they spent $56,000 and didn't get any benefit. I I just don't know what to say about this. And I'm sorry. I want to be more positive. I want to be helpful. Um, check with your neurologist. Decide for yourself. Read the articles. Be informed. Don't Don't have your head in the sand. Um, if I am wrong, I guarantee you I will have a podcast where I do nothing for an hour but apologize for being wrong. I look forward to that. If I am wrong, I look forward to telling you all that um, my concerns were not warranted and this ends up being something good. Again, I still hope for a cure. There are several clinical trials going on. Australia's rocking and rolling. They're doing great with a with a clinical trial that's showing promise. We're showing promise here in Denver. I hope we get to the finish line in the next three to four years. I think a cure is coming. I'm not sure this one is it. All right. I've been on my soapbox today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, uh, I think that the people who are are saying, wow, this is a big deal and this is um, 
there's just a fierce debate over it. And and I I I feel like this is uh I think this is in line with a, another doctor that I have complained about. This isn't this isn't a whack-a-mole thing like he causes us uh generally, but I think that I think that we need to really get more data. We need to have some proof that it actually works and then move forward. I'm just not a fan of approving something that did not show efficacy and charging people for it. All right, folks. I hope that you learned something today and that you have enough information to decide if you want to participate in this. But don't walk around blind. Don't walk around uninformed. That's what my show is all about. I want to show you and tell you what's going on. And um, I'd be happy to have anybody on the show who wants to tell me different. I will listen to another side. I will listen to... The folks on the Adju Helm side, if they want to be on the show and and tell me why the data that I just told you um, is actually wrong. We'll see. And I will see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.